Hey everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the Connecticut Connection podcast. My name is Max Porter, and I'm going to be your host for this series. I'm a resident of Brookfield, Connecticut, and I'm a rising senior at Worcester School in Danbury, Connecticut. I'm currently an intern at the Hamlet Hub Publication Network, where this podcast will be published as well as being published on the podcast site Anchor. The Connecticut Connection podcast is a series of interviews with people who are important and vital to Connecticut that you should absolutely know more about. They share their experiences with me and you, the listeners. This program is all about uniting and connecting people, hence the name. In this first episode, I interview Danbury, Connecticut's Mayor, Joseph M. Cavo. On December 16, 2020, Mr. Cavo took the oath of office to become mayor. Mark Boughton, the former mayor for 20 years of Danbury, Connecticut, the longest in its history, announced that he was stepping down to take a position in Hartford, Connecticut as the state's commissioner of the Department of Revenue Services. At the time, Mr. Cavo was city council president, and he decided to fill the empty position of mayor. Mayor Cavill will not be seeking re-election for mayor this coming November, but regardless, he has made and is making a very positive impact as mayor of Danbury and is worth learning all about. Good afternoon, Mayor Cavill. How are you? Good afternoon, Max. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, yeah, just great day outside, um, uh, and I'm doing an interview with you, so it's a good day for me. How about you? It's a great pleasure for me to be here with you today, and I'm, you know, like I said earlier, I'm always happy to help you out and uh, talk about Danbury because you know that's my job. Mm-hmm. I'm the number one cheerleader for the city, mm-hmm. and uh, I take that role very seriously. So. Yeah, well, it is a great city, so you have a lot to cheer about. How did you feel when you discovered that you were going to be Danbury's next mayor? <laughs> so I think there was a whole host of emotions that had happened. I was a little bit shocked. Um, I think I was a little bit nervous. I think, uh, you know, I, you sort of have your whole future year flash before you and like, okay, my whole life is changing because prior to becoming mayor, I was happily retired and, uh, I was, you know, doing stuff at home and working around the house and doing gardening and all the stuff that I'd always hoped that I would do when I retired from the fire service. And, uh, to be get to be told that uh, you know Mayor Bowden was leaving and my duties by charter are that I required to step up and become the mayor of the city of Danbury for the remainder of his term uh, was a little bit shocking, but uh, you know that passed pretty quick and uh, I felt that you know my experiences here in the city, uh, both in the fire department and on the city council, have really prepared me for this role if it were to ever happen. You know I had. As you probably know or may not know, you know, we had a couple of chances, you know, uh, Mayor Bowden had run for governor several times and there was a possibility at that time he might become governor and I was president of the council at that time as well. And so I had a couple of near misses there. And then, um, as you know, he had the situation with his health that was quite concerning. And I thought, okay, you know, we did have to step in temporarily, which, you know, really didn't cause me a lot of angst. I was more concerned about his health than anything at the time. And, um, but I stepped in the role temporarily and it it was, you know, really nothing, not a big issue. I think it was only for like two weeks. And, uh, he came back from his, uh, health issues and went right back to work again. And so, you know, I always knew there's a possibility this could happen. And, uh, I, I never really gave it like, uh, you know, I never worried about it, but I, I did. It was always in the back of my mind that it could happen. 
I'd like to go into a little bit more about the experiences that have kind of led you to this point, what you were doing before um, you became the mayor. So I'd love to hear a little bit about the most important and impactful experiences that have led you to this point. It's a really interesting story. I came to Danbury, uh, I, I moved to Danbury in 1985. I started coming here in 1983 uh, on a regular basis. My sister lived here and so we would come and visit. Uh, in 85, I took a job with the uh, city of Danbury highway department uh, in the equipment maintenance facility as a young mechanic and uh, started working there. Uh, I worked there for almost three years uh, before an opening happened in the fire department for a mechanic. And so I took the test for that job and I was successful and I promoted and I spent my entire the rest of my career in Danbury here working for the fire department as their mechanic first and then as the superintendent of apparatus uh, in my later years. Uh, before I retired in 2017. But in all that time, I had first met Mayor Batten back in 2001. In 2003, I decided to get involved with helping him with his campaign for re-election. And he said to me, you know, the way you can help me is by coming on the city council with me. And I said, oh, no, no, I, I really don't want to be a councilman, but I certainly wouldn't mind helping you put up signs and do things behind the scenes for you. You know, I would, you know, do mailings and things like that. I was willing to do that. And he said, no, I think you'd be a great guy to come on the council. And so uh, I always tell people that guy could sell an icicle to an Eskimo. And uh, he convinced me to come on board for the city council. And so in 2003, I ran uh, with a lot of new folks uh, here in the city. And uh, with his success of his first two years as mayor, um, he brought a whole bunch of people on board with him as well to help work with him because the public saw that uh, he was a great politician and he had some uh, great abilities. And so they gave him the people to work with that uh, he could get his accomplishments done that he, you know, he viewed in his vision for the city. And so, and then I wound up running with him every two years for, I think, nine years. And for nine years, nine uh, separate elections that were successful each time in 2005, uh, after being on the council two, two and a half years, I was elected uh, council president by my peers. And then in all the successive years after that, until 2020, I was, uh, or 2019, I was elected, uh, no, 2020, I was elected president of the council every time we got reelected. So um, I had the support of my peers as president and uh, worked very closely with the mayor at the time. And so those things really helped shape me for this job. And I think it shows in the transition that we've had and, you know, the ability that, um, you know, Mayor Bowden had, you know, great plans laid out. And so it was very easy for me just to come in and just pick up where he left off. And see, since he and I were so similar politically, there really wasn't much that I felt like I needed to change or delete, uh, you know, from his plans, because most of those plans that were in place, he and I had talked about um, prior to them going being implemented and so it was the it was it was fairly good i mean it was a busy transition for me because there was a lot going on at the time but for the most part um it, it wasn't a bad transition and i you know kept all his staff that he had here in the mayor's office uh his chief of staff is my chief of staff and so i wanted to make sure that just for the year of being in office i kept the continuity here in the office going and so 
I think we've been pretty successful doing that, and uh, I've been very happy about that and the turnout that that's had. I I agree. Yeah, and. Uh, you, you mentioned that you were similar politically, so I imagine you're not going to change the name of the John Oliver Memorial Sewer Plant, right? No, never, never, never. <laughs> no. So, well, one thing for that is, you know, I work really hard behind the scenes with the council people. You know, my role as president to, you know, make that come to fruition. And so, you know, I agreed. And, you know, I um, if it wasn't for the uh, monetary contributions to the agencies that Mr. Oliver did, I mean, it may have been a different story, but... You know, I'm not a person uh, that would look at $25,000 as a gift to the food bank, uh, especially in the period of, of COVID trend, uh, pandemic. I wouldn't look that gift to us in the mouth. And so, exactly. uh, and then the other $25,000 that he donated, and then the 5000 he donated to the hospice, regional hospice were, you know, it was just a phenomenal thing. I would never turn that money down. Of course, yeah, it goes to good causes. Um, yep. you've, you've obviously been and worked in Danbury for a long time. So what is your favorite thing about the city? If you were to narrow that thing down to one, I don't know, Mike, there's so many things that are positive about Danbury. I think, um, this past 18 months, 17 months of the pandemic, um, has proven to me that I think my most favorite part of Danbury is its population, its people. Uh, you know, we have a tremendously, a large, diverse community uh, that, you know, just adds to the quality of life in this city that, you know, gives us exceptional recreational, dining, uh, entertainment, uh, all sorts of things that help make Danbury, you know, the destination place that it is. And, you know, people want to come here. We have uh, so many different things happening here all the time. There's always events. And if it wasn't for the pandemic, I mean, this whole summer would have been booked with all kinds of adventures and uh, events, you know, culturally uh, and, and entertainment wise. And so I think the people of Danbury is what makes Danbury so great. You know, we're a big family here. And, uh, you know, we've worked very hard through this pandemic as a family, and we continue to do so. And so I'm very proud of the people at Danbury, and I'm, I'm proud to call Danbury my home. If you were to have one accomplishment during your t- tenure as mayor, what would you like that to be? So I think my, in my tenure as mayor, I would love to see us get through and out of this pandemic. Yeah. And I mean, that's definitely a noble cause, obviously, um, and something that we we all thank you for trying to uh, mitigate. And another question I'd like to ask to kind of piggyback off that is, what is the city of Danbury doing specifically to uh, mitigate the worsening COVID-19 situation with the variants and all that's going on currently? I think one of the things that we took on and it started under Mayor Bowden and continued under me and then expanded is the... um, precautions that we use in the transmission of COVID-19 with each other. And so uh, just recently, just a little over a week ago, um, the governor had passed uh, an order that municipalities will now be responsible for some of the guidelines referring to the pandemic. And he left um, mandatory masking up to all the mayors and all the first elect people in in the cities and towns. And so it didn't take me very long, I think about two days for me to just do my due diligence, check numbers, have conversations with folks before I realize that if we mask up, although it's not the only or the perfect solution, but if we mask up now, it may keep the Delta variant from spreading more rapidly here within the city limits. And so I had issued an order 
that uh, as of the 15th at midnight, uh, folks would have to mask up here in public places in Danbury. And I'm hoping that that is the only thing we have to do. I'm hoping that it works. And I'm hoping that we can keep the Delta variant at bay here as best as possible. Um, numbers across the state are climbing, hospitalizations are climbing. Um, and so with school starting in two weeks, I have a population of 12 year olds and under who aren't vaccinated, can't get vaccinated. And so I have to think about them. I have to think about our fire department's staff. I have to think about our police department staff. And I have to be mindful of our hospital and our medical professionals too, because if things go back to the way they were when the COVID-19 pandemic first hit, you know, it puts a tremendous amount of stress on a group that I feel has already been stressed enough uh, throughout the pandemic. And I just want to see if we can, the simple act of putting a mask on uh, would help mitigate some of that spread. And uh, I also went to uh, surrounding towns and asked them to join me in a more regional approach of masking. And uh, to, to uh, their credit, they agreed with my uh, decision to mask up here in Danbury. And so we got Brookfield, Bethel, um, New Fairfield, Reading, and um, one more. Uh, which one didn't I say? So I said Brookfield, Bethel, uh, Richfield. Yeah, yeah Richfield. I was about to so say. We had five towns, you know, that surround Danbury to agree to mask up in public mm -hmm. as well. And so it's my hope, and I think it's their hope as well, that this is temporary. I mm -hmm. uh, don't think this is going to be long-term. We're hoping this is not going to be long-term, but that depends on the Delta variant. That depends on the spread, and that depends on the people getting vaccinated. I talked with the governor last week. And he was very agreeable to help get some more state facilities here to help testing. And uh, since then, we've set up two other uh, alternate testing sites here in the Danbury, one down at the end of Rogers Park by Veterans Hall and one over at the Powell Center over by uh, Candlewood Lake. And so we're, we're getting more testing done. And so that helps us get a handle on how many people are developing the COVID due to the Delta variant and, uh, you know, what direction we're heading in. So... We're watching that really closely. So we're always busy with it. Yeah. There's not a thing that goes by. There isn't something that's COVID-related that comes across my desk or I have to have a Zoom meeting about what we discuss. And so it's been like the keystone piece of my being mayor uh, since last December. What is your daily schedule like as mayor? Sure. So I generally get into the office sometime in the morning, 7.30, 8 o'clock, usually every day. And uh, my appointments usually start sometime around nine o'clock. And uh, I usually have appointments, you know, throughout the day on and off. Uh, you know, I get some breaks here and there in between. But for the most part, I move from meeting to meeting. Um, you know, there's some parts about Zoom that I don't like. And there's some parts about Zoom that I really like. And the ability to get a group of department heads together at a moment's notice on a Zoom call uh, instead of everybody traveling to City Hall and meeting me in the conference room. And and it, it helps us be a little bit more efficient to get our work done. And so that's the part I like about it. The non-interpersonal part is I could do without. I'd much rather be in a room with a person and you know, have it, you know, get it discussed. Now. But it works. And, and we're able to keep the business of the city going. And um, so, and then, you know, sometimes at night I have events to go to. Sometimes, uh you know, I have some late night meetings. I had a meeting here the other night at Tuesday night, seven o'clock that went till almost nine. And so, you know, my day runs probably 12, 13 hour days. 
And, uh, you know, last weekend I was in City Hall Friday, I was in City Hall Saturday, and I was in City Hall Sunday. And so um, it's just a busy schedule, but yeah. uh, it, it's it, you have to do it. And I thrive on it because when I'm that busy, I don't have time to think about, I wish I was doing something else or there was something else going on. So it's good. It keeps me busy, and uh, I enjoy trying to get things done every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's all worth it uh, going towards the people of Danbury, that hard work. For the final question, I'd like to address the elephant in the room, so to speak. Do you have any updates or knowledge that you can let us in on about the Shake Shack being constructed at Danbury Fair Mall? Wow, ah, okay, that's a great question. Um, the last I had heard, and that was earlier this week, that I think that the construction is about three quarters of the way complete at the building and that they're expecting an opening sometime before the end of this year. And so um, it would be my guess that they will try to open as early as they can before the Christmas shopping season or sometime into the Christmas shopping season, um, you know, just to garner those folks who'll be over at the mall shopping for the holidays. And so I think, you know, without a doubt, you'll see it. You should see it open before January 1. But I have a feeling it's going to get accelerated. You're going to see it open sooner than that. You a big Shake Shack fan? Uh, big Shake Shack fan? Yeah, yeah, Uh Also, Five Guys, I'm glad that's in the area. Uh, no. Yeah, but Shake Shack, I'm glad that's up here. The farthest one is, uh, or the closest one is Westport or something, somewhere around there. Okay. So it's good to have it up here. It's good yeah. food. Now, have you been to the City Center Cafe yet? The City Center Cafe? No. It's on the corner of West and Main Street. So that just opened a couple weeks ago, uh, right below Naugatuck Valley Community College. Okay. Uh, on the corner of West and Main. And uh, Jerry's doing a great job there. And uh, it's a great addition to downtown. And uh, we're happy that they opened up. And, uh, you know, we're asking people to get out there and support them. So uh, if you get a chance to get down there, go down there, check that place out, bring your computer. They have workstations you can work from uh, online. And so. It's a great, great place. I'll definitely check that out. Thank you for mentioning that, and uh, hopefully the listeners will as well. I just want to thank you for uh, interviewing with me. I really appreciate it, um, taking the time out of your day to do this. My pleasure, Max, to be with you. I'm, I'm happy to do this. Anytime you want to pop in with me and have a quick 15, 20-minute discussion, I'll make myself available for you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. This was great. Thank you. Really Good. appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed. And keep on the lookout for more episodes of the Connecticut Connection podcast. It's released on Anchor and Hamlet Hub, as I said before. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you next episode.